the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It is Monday. Oh, my. Yes, it is. Can y'all tell I'm in a good mood? I am refreshed, babies. I had a great weekend. Ate lots of yummy food this weekend and enjoyed the glorious San Diego sunshine. We had just picture-perfect weather this weekend. Just in time for what appeared to be to be millions of people visiting San Diego. It could not have just been locals that were out and about at the beaches and at restaurants and just you know shopping. And it just was so exciting to me to get to be a part of that. And it did feel like we had normal going on back in San Diego. And that's really where we need to be. We need to be back in normal. We got lots to talk about tonight as it, as it relates to that and the attempts to redefine normal and to keep us, you know, holding us back. They're kind of like, you know, it's kind of like uh, the old Del Mar racing. If you ever went to see the ponies, I'm not a big horse racing person, but I think that's where, you know, they're like up against the starting gate, right? And they're just ready to get out, right? And then the some the jockeys or somebody's holding them back, right? It's like they're, they've been trying to hold us back from resuming our lives, those that have a stake and a vested interest in keeping us from doing so. But San Diego was back this weekend, babies, and I'm glad for that. We're going to talk about the latest attempt to try to keep us from launching out of the gate back into normal. Uh, We've got to talk about America is on trial, in my opinion, today, and I don't think enough people are really talking about the George Floyd trial, and we are going to talk about that in hopes that true justice will prevail and true justice. And so, of course, I had to reach out to our favorite legal analyst, Wendy Patrick, to bring her on to talk about that. We've got that and more here on tonight's Andrea K. Show. 888-344-1170. And here's my question for you you guys out there. In really whatever way you want to, it doesn't have to be like strictly adhering to this particular, um, it can be whatever version you want to answer this question. The vaccine passports. Uh, it did it, you know, in hearing that now there's a push for businesses to require you to prove that you were vaccinated. Has that changed your mind? Will you now get vaccinated? Um, it, you know, where are you at? See, there's lots of different versions I could ask questions about the vaccine passport. What are your thoughts on it? 888-344-1170. Has it made you dig your heels in even more that you're not going to get a vaccine, get vaccinated? I know some people are feeling that way. 888-344-1170. We are streaming live on Facebook at the end. Or San Diego Facebook page, and we're also going to share that over to our private little group, Kaniacs, K A Y E, Kaniacs, K A Y. How do you spell Kaniacs? K A Y E N I A C. Yes, there we have it, babies. Oh gosh, good thing I'm still in a good mood. All right. Um, 
and follow us on Twitter for the time being. Glad to have you guys here with me. Listen, I know that the Facebook stream goes in and out. Lots of problems there. So you can always listen to us in the car on AM 1170 on the streams as well, you know, on, on any of the apps. Um, Okay, bringing in my, my friend here, he needs no introduction, but I'm going to throw it to him anyway. It's DJ Potato Skins. Today I'm proud to announce one of the most important deals in the history of U.S. industries. My administration has reached a historic agreement with a great American DJ DJ We reached an agreement when he was in office. We reached an agreement when he's now the former president and that new office he's created, so... Pleasure to come alongside you, Mr. Mm-hmm. President. Two things, Andrea. First, yes. you got to get that song right with Kaniacs because I can't go to Disneyland. I need something. <laughs> okay. And two, still no way, no how, I don't care what they push, no vaccine in my arm. Well, um, so the push right now, there were supposedly some businesses that went to the administration and said, look, we need standards. We need standards for this vaccine so that so that because, you know, uh, we've got we've got to force everybody to get vaccinated and have them prove it so the businesses can, you know, can can go back to operating, say, the airlines that have been operating that now don't even leave the, the middle seat open anymore, that don't even require people like John Kerry to keep a mask. But yet suddenly and now uh, we have to have now airlines are saying there's no way they're going to be operational if, if the if the United States government and Biden administration doesn't come up with a forced uh, it's a, 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 a forced vaccine, because if you're you're going to be able to, to, you know, go anywhere or do anything, you're going to have to prove that you took it. So, you know, I'm not I, first of all, I don't believe that it was any industry that, that the I don't believe that the vaccine passport push right now from the Biden administration has anything to do with businesses. Okay. The the well well we 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 need they to They want you to believe that. They want the Biden administration wants you to believe that, right? Um we know what this is ultimately about. And yeah, I'm going to go there. Your papers, please. Sound familiar? Yeah. Where did we hear this? Your papers, please. Your children aren't being taught this in school. I'm not even sure if you know it. But do some research about a certain country that required people to carry papers basically showing their worthiness. Or, sh- or showing that they were less than worthy, less worthy than than other citizens. In this, in this case, compliant. Abs- absolutely, because you know here's here, and, and here's. Let me see. There was a, a a tweet that went out from somebody today, some blue checkmark guy, and he said the, the question went out asking, I don't know who Harry Littman is, but this this tweet, he's he's oh he's an L.A. Times person. He's on the left. He's a, supposedly a big thinker. He says vaccine passports are a good idea, among other things, and this is the most important thing I want to, to let you sink in your mind. It will single out the still large contingent of people who refuse vaccines, who will be foreclosed from doing a lot of things their peers can do, that should help break the resistance down. That's what every bit of this is about. This has always been about control. And we've said it since day one. We've said it since day one. Today, the head of the CDC, coincidentally at the same time that this push for a vaccine passport came out, was supposedly choking back tears, talking about her sense of impending doom. She just was fearful. 
First of all, she has no business of being in any position of leadership and, and doing any media on behalf of the United States government. If, if you know, she is, is so psychologically impaired and fragile. She is obviously as emotionally fragile as Joe Biden is in, in, in unable to even complete a sentence. It's outrageous. This, this woman is any, in any position of authority. But it might just be that this person is a good actor and doing a really good job of they don't have any science or any data at this point. We have almost a third of this country that has been vaccinated. And if you actually believe that these vaccinations are valid and actually create immunity and stop people from getting it and giving it, then what in the world? Why in the world would you be scared of anything? At this point related to this, particularly since let this be your daily reminder that the coronavirus still has over a 99% recovery rate. And let me ask you this, DJ Potato Skins. If these airlines supposedly and these businesses supposedly that say we can't really operate until everybody can prove they've got a vaccine. If these businesses are saying that, how come they're open with people coming in with masks? So then masks don't work. So then why are you requiring any masks from anybody? None of, their, none of their supposed science is adding up, is it? Right. And the illegals that are flooding across our border, do they have a, a passport of any kind? Potato skins, do they have a passport of any kind? Uh, not, that huh? I'm, not that I'm aware of. All right. And uh, my good friend told me today, if you have enough people that are getting the vaccine, and I know you and I agree with this, then and they're you know not able to you know transmit the, the disease, uh, you eventually reach a point that's herd immunity. So why do you need to force people to take the vaccine? Well, now here's the latest uh, um, move in the goalpost. Remember, it all supposedly started with flatten the curve. Two We've weeks. Two weeks to flatten the curve because we just don't want our hospitals to be overrun. Then it became stop the spread. Then it was... Um, uh, uh, he flat out, at least here in California, Newsom admitted it was about, you know, m- moving people around. Now it's about these variants. Fauci has come out and said there are variants. And how he would know this is beyond me. There are variants that don't even sh- that that are that test doesn't even pick up. So there's no test to, to there's no test to find out if, you, if you've got this variant. You're asymptomatic and don't have any symptoms if you've got it. How convenient. That must be the silliest statement, non-science back anything it's, it's I have insane. ever heard. It's insane. This should prove to every one of you out there that this is all about people control. And that's why I opened with the reference to your papers, please. And the fact that many people in media, all these blue check marks and others are saying, and I said this about the mask, we have to have this so that we can show who the resistors are still left out there. This is every bit of this has been about people control. I said about the masks. One of the reasons why there was push for the masks, why they why they changed from what the National Institutes of Health have been saying about the masks, going back to SARS, that mass why they shifted was it was about people control and it was a way to it was a way once you got a certain segment of the population to be scared of anybody without a mask, then they would rat out their neighbors. That is also like pre World War II Germany, and it, so it was a way to identify those that were not complaining to the state and they almost switched overnight oh, uh, oh overnight overnight the republican party of course um their response to this is completely feckless and weak um one person said uh, uh you know um uh, i you know scalise said well he had a good point he said considering the democrats want to require vaccine ids for people to conduct their basic daily activities like buying toilet paper they now have zero grounds to object to voter id laws it's a good point um lauren bobert from colorado 
she said it's unconstitutional, period. Absolutely. Uh, Pete Sessions. See, she, this is the difference between she's the new gal from Colorado versus establishment. She's like, it, it's unconstitutional, period. Sessions out of Texas says it would be complete government overstep. You couldn't get any weaker of a statement than that. I liked what uh, uh, Cawthorn said. He said, proposals like the smack of 1940s Nazi Germany, we must make every effort to keep America from becoming a show-your-paper society. The Constitution and our founding principles decry this type of totalitarianism. America faces a dangerous future when its leaders' ideology share more commonalities with leninism than liberalism and that is that's but that's been the case since day one and part of the problem that we have here is that anybody like me or conservative that questioned from the beginning and said there is no data or science to justify these shutdowns the models that were used were obviously crap and we should have never gone through with it. We got Burks and Fauci out now doing media saying, you know, basically Trump, Trump followed everything that, that they wanted him to do. But now somehow he failed America. In fact, my biggest gripe about Trump is that he did everything that they wanted him to do. The problem is they're saying that now. Because they're trying to say, they're trying to set the stage for us to go back under greater shutdowns. That's what this supposed cheer jerky moment was today. And the vaccine passports in order that's, so you see why what I'm saying about, about Burks and yeah. Fauci, they're now saying that Trump didn't follow everything they want him to do. And so that, so that they can now set it up for Biden, who was crying today in a video. Please, governors out there, restore the mask mandate. This is all about control over you. And you have to understand that. You have to understand where this can possibly go down the line. But we don't have anybody standing up for Nobody. us, Skins. No, I've been waiting for a handful of decent conservatives to stand up and really push back. And with a couple of weak comments, like you've mentioned, there's nothing out there. It starts with, where where did that end up in Germany? Where did that end up? It ended up in boxcars, didn't it? Right. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk about the George Floyd trial. You know where I stand. I want justice served on anybody who commits a crime. It's, it's 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 black and white for me, but I also I also don't want anybody railroaded by the justice system. I want the government to be forced to prove its case, and I want the defense to be able to, to raise a valid case and force the government to prove its hand. And I want a jury that's going to evaluate the evidence on its merits and not reach a, cl- a conclusion in advance to suit the justice uh, social justice warrior crowd. We're going to discuss that with Wendy Patrick when we come back. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys with me. Um, before the break, we were talking about this, um, the vaccine passport. And our gal out of Georgia... Uh, Margie uh, Taylor Green, she says, you're, you're, I think you might agree with this, Skin. She says that this is uh, basically, if you have to show this to get anywhere to buy or sell commerce, which is what they're talking about, isn't that, what's the difference between that and the mark of the beast? 
Not much. Right, right. Something to think about. We're going to continue to talk about that throughout the show. We got other things to talk about. Buttigieg wants to tax you. Your new transportation secretary wants to tax you by the mile, babies. <laughs> How you feel about that, San Diego? Super large county. I got 20 miles to and from work every day. That's yeah. 40 miles a day. Yeah, yeah. And that ain't even as far. I used to do when I was a saleswoman over 100 miles a day. So we're going to talk about that a little later on the show. Now we're going to we're going to switch gears and we're going to go back up to Minneapolis. Um, I, I don't know. In my opinion, this should be the number one story of the day for conservatives, because I think America is on trial up there with George Floyd, as well as the legal system. And so anytime we've got a big legal case like this, I got to reach out to our friend, uh, Dr. Wendy Patrick. In addition to being a brilliant legal analyst, she's also host of Today with Dr. Wendy that y'all can listen to on Saturdays at 6 p.m. right on our very own The Answer San Diego. Hello, Dr. Wendy. Thanks for being back with us. Hey, Andrea, it's always a pleasure to join you. Um, okay, so um, I I could do two hours with you tonight, um, but we got other topics and you don't have two hours here for me. So as I was thinking about preparing today, I watched the opening statements and saw some of the evidence. Honestly, I kept thinking, going back to uh, the publicity about this case, the the fact that in the beginning phases of the of jury selection, the city of um, of Minneapolis gave uh, did a press conference awarding the family twenty million dollars, which is basically saying you know Chauvin was guilty. Can he receive? And then the judge turned right around and after they seated, there was members of the jury that were sympathetic to Black Lives Matter. Uh, you know, so of course the defense team asked for a change of venue and it was denied. Do you think that he can get a fair trial? Right. Well, I think he can, because having been a trial attorney for 25 years, I continue to have faith in the jury system. And, you know, many people think, oh, you've been in it for that many years. How could you possibly think that? And that's just because of jurors really wanting to do the right thing. Now, we've all been exposed in the court of public opinion to so many facts and circumstances that will never be admissible in that courtroom. And you are correct. I mean, we could move this trial to the moon and we couldn't find anybody that hasn't been tainted to some extent by what's been going on in the court of public public opinion. But what you heard today in the opening statement is what evidence is going to be presented in a court of law. So you heard dueling narratives. We have one death, two stories. What the jury is going to have to decide, Andrea, over the course of listening to all of the witnesses and looking at all of the evidence is which one of those versions is most consistent with the evidence that is going to be admissible in a court of law. Now, it is true it was unfortunate and the timing couldn't have been worse regarding the, the announcement of that civil verdict. But remember, the civil settlement. But remember that in a civil court, the burden is much less. It is preponderance of the evidence, slight tip of the scales. Here, they have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt how how George Floyd died. And that is what you heard queued up today. Very different story, two different autopsies. Those jurors have their their work cut out for them because the analysis they're going to have to go through is going to be pretty tricky. Well, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the the uh, autopsies and conflicting because those those basically are the two narratives in yeah. uh, in autopsies. And I got to tell you, if I was if I was a juror, and I am somebody that's that loves the, uh, the our and believes in our justice system in America, and I love it. I love trial trial uh, lawyers. I love defense attorneys because I view defense attorneys as doing God's work. They're the they're the people that 
that that are really the firewall for Americans to stop uh, a government from tyrannically using the court system to punish individuals for whatever reason. And so I love defense attorneys. I love watching trials. I was a big court, uh, you know, TV watcher. Um, I, I, I'm proud to say that I'm somebody that even like with the David Westerfield trial here, I did not reach a conclusion or make a decision until, you know, till you know, the, the jury did because I wanted to hear all the evidence because this means so much to me as an American citizen, because I think our trial system is one of the things that separates us from the rest of the world, that we are innocent until proven guilty, that the government must, they have the burden of proof and they must prove their case beyond a shadow of a doubt. And many Americans are concerned, um, as Al Sharpton today said, this is America on trial, concerned um, that this may, uh, that uh, many Americans are, are looking at this and going, you know what, they've kind of already started losing faith a little bit in our Department of Justice and our court system with the way people like Michael Flynn were railroaded. We could go back to the Trayvon Martin case and talk about the fact that George Zimmerman was overcharged. Quite frankly, I felt like he should have been found guilty of something, but they overcharged him with murder. And it's just starting to look as though this is not really even about George Floyd or Chauvin. This is about trying trying to prove that America is systemically racist and that that all black people have a target on their backs by the police. And, you know, whatever the outcome is, it's going to be really bad for this country. Yeah, you made a couple really good points I want to follow up on. First of all, the prosecutor was brought, brought up one of the things you just said. This is about one police officer. This is not about the police department. Very important uh, to distinguish this case from so many others. Secondly, now, you know, I started my career as a defense attorney. Maybe you didn't know that. But no, I didn't. I love that. I know people who know me today don't even believe it, but it's true. <laughs> and so I'm very familiar uh, with the system of justice that we have. Thank God in this country where it is uh, innocent until proven guilty. And the government does have to meet that burden. But of course, you can't bring charges unless you believe you can, in good faith, you can prove them beyond a reasonable doubt. But this is one of those cases where every time we watch, we have to sort of reorient ourselves to think backwards. Here, you don't have a police officer being the prosecution's witness. Here, it's the defense. Here the mm-hmm. police officer is sitting in the defendant's chair because this is a case about betraying the badge. But it shouldn't be a case that means all police officers are going to be tainted by this by this verdict. And we all know that instinctively, logically, and commonsensically. But the sentiment surrounding the environment within which this case is being tried could complicate mm-hmm. the job of those jurors. You heard a lot of it explained in Wadir. And the reason I say I think he can still get a fair trial is because those jurors want to do the right thing. That is why we have Wadir. That is why sometimes you have a juror that is accepted where objectively on paper you might think, why would you accept that person? Mm-hmm. Because the lawyers in those in those in that courtroom, they were able to see and hear and feel and get, you know, with their chemistry. Chemistry is there not? Do we have a good feeling about this mm-hmm. person? They're able to determine, even though there may be certain things in the backgrounds that aren't optimal, that they can give their client a fair trial. Both, no matter whether your client is the people, being you the prosecutor, mm-hmm. or whether you're representing Mr. Chauvin. Well, uh, I I have found as I've watched uh, high profile trials, the jury most often gets it gets it right, except in the case of Casey Anthony. And I could go on and on about that forever. I thought that was abysmal, but they. I, I think you're right. The average American uh, does want to get it right most of the 
the time. I, I think that, um, you know, unfortunately, not as many Americans are willing to, to sit on juries as they they should. Many Americans who should be on a jury aren't because they, they don't. But it's going to be a particularly difficult uh, position. I wouldn't want to be on this one. But I can tell you as a jury right now, if I were to find out that the county uh, medical examiner said that the amount of drugs that were in his system were absolutely lethal and that there was no physical evidence of, of asphyxiation or suffocation and that he was possibly dying before he even encountered the police. And then I heard that the, uh, that the um, autopsy result that was paid for by the family because they didn't like the result from the county guy. So they hired Baden. You know, who, you know, of course, gives them the answer that they want. I think I might be swayed to go to go with the county's medical examiner who really doesn't have a political dog uh, in in the fight. How do you see these dueling autopsies, which match the dueling narratives? How do you see that playing out? Oh, I see it playing out as one of the most pivotal issues in the case. And that's what was emphasized by both sides today is it's it's one or the other is what the jurors are going to be asked to accept. And that is the reason that I think those two doctors are really going to be the superstars of the trial. I mean, they are going to provide the evidence that that jury will then take and plug into those jury instructions. Because, Andrea, he's charged with second degree murder, third degree murder, manslaughter. Mm -hmm. Each of those require a different type of mental state. So those jurors have to decide, did he intend to kill him? Should he have known he was going to die? Was it reckless conduct? So many options for them to make sure that justice delayed is not justice denied, no matter how they vote. But yes, those are two of the most important witnesses in this entire trial. It's true the defense said today, you know, this is about more than nine minutes and 29 seconds. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. But it is about how those nine minutes and 29 seconds affected everything else, especially the death. Right. Well, if you saw the beginning if you saw the video of him and everything that those officers did to work with the other, there were other black people, uh, by the way, besides George Floyd involved in the incident and how they were treated respectfully. Uh, if, if you watch how he is, is literally foaming at the mouth and actually asked to be put down on the ground long before the knee was on. I mean, you can't watch that knee on that, that neck for so long and not realize he do needed to take the knee up at some point. Yeah. I just think that charging him with murder, I, I, to me, uh, I, I, before I get into this, I think it was also telling that the judge allowed a traffic stop from May of 2019 that involved similar behavior, the ingestion of drugs, comments that was made to paramedics, uh, some of the emotional stuff he didn't allow in, but he did leave in a lot of the medical stuff. And it was actually almost an identical stop. And I think that that was that was a win uh, for the for the defense here. Uh, and I just think that that we're, this is really we're in an even tougher time in this country than we were when we had a mob descend on a on a DA's office in Florida, which prompted him to overcharge George George Zimmerman. Um, I, I felt like he should have. George Z- Zimmerman was a buffoon, but he didn't commit murder. I feel like this dude somehow contributed. Maybe I don't even know because the autopsy. You know, if if the county examiner is right, then you know Chauvin didn't do anything wrong. Um, what do you think might have been a, a lesser charge? that might have been more appropriate or was there one that w- would be more appropriate than murder in your opinion? Well, that that's the reason that Chauvin is charged with many different things as opposed to just first degree murder. Remember, this is the analysis they went through with the OJ Simpson trial. Do we just charge him with first degree murder or do we give the jury options here? Uh, same thing. He's remember he was second degree murder, third degree murder, manslaughter. The jury has different options based on the evidence. And that's important because that way there's not that overture 
charging mm, that okay. would maybe make it a not guilty verdict simply because you didn't have the malice that you'd need to have the greater charge, the homicide charges. So you look at this sort of gradation of intent that's necessary uh, for all the different charges that they have. And that, Andrea, is something that you would probably say that's better than simply saying we're going to just throw the book at them, have the, have the heaviest charge we can and hope we can make it. Because if you can't make it, there's nothing left for the jury to work with. And you see that in a lot of these cases where there's many different ways in which they could come to a guilty verdict based on, well, did he intend to kill him? Should he have known? Did he see the foaming at the mouth? Was he so worked up and adrenaline flowing that he honestly didn't notice the impact that that knee was having on the neck? So these are things both sides are going to work with in making their arguments so that the jury has the opportunity to reach the verdict that is most consistent with the evidence, not in the court of public opinion, you and I and our listeners have been listening to, but in that court, in that actual courtroom, because that's the only thing they can consider in reaching their verdict. The amount that the amount that this case was politicized that involved the burning down 700 police officers hurt, businesses burned down, business owners beaten with two by fours. We still have riots going on right now in Oregon. We had a federal courthouse uh, that was set on fire with people inside by Black Lives Matter and Antifa, all supposedly under the name of George Floyd. Meanwhile, I can tell you, and I don't expect you to give an opinion on this because you're here to bring legal analysis, not political opinion. But I didn't see, but just from an evidence standpoint, whatever, however, whatever you think was right or wrong about the knee, even though they said today that this was procedure, um, however, whatever you think that might, the police might have done wrong, there is zero evidence that anything that they did had anything to do with this man's skin color. And what concerns me is that, that this is becoming about that, that this is becoming about putting America on trial versus about this one cop. And, and what he did and whatever the outcome is, you know, it's still been made to be a case about race when it wasn't even involved. Final thoughts, Wendy Patrick, before we got to go. My final my, my final thoughts is that that would be the verdict given in the court of public opinion and has been very loud and for a very prolonged period of time. Remember, many of the riots started last summer. But for those jurors, for those brave men and women, many of whom are no doubt afraid for their lives. I mean, we've heard about mm-hmm. the death threats and the different what might happen in Minneapolis after the trial. For those brave men and women, we have to put faith in the belief that they can do what they raised their right hand and took an oath to do and not be swayed by public opinion, but only to reach a just and proper verdict as the evidence comes out in that courtroom. And that is what our prayers are for, is for mm-hmm. them to do the right thing, listen to the right evidence, and not be swayed by anything they're not permitted to. Well, That's what I hope happens. Well, I hope that happens as well. Wendy Patrick, thank you for being here. And y'all need to listen to Today with Dr. Wendy on Saturdays at 6. Thanks so much, hon. Thank you. Thank you for the plug. All right. We're going to be taking a little skinny, tiny little break and we come back. We're going to talk about Pete Buttigieg. He's ready to tax y'all by the mile. Don't don't you think you should be paying for it? If if you're going to play, he says, you've got to pay. (laughs) Yeah, evidently, you're not paying enough on the taxes to use these roads. Shame on you. We're going to talk about it when we come back. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A-K, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I, I don't know how old you are out there, but if you've been driving since you were 15 or 16 in some states... You've been getting away with using these roads for free for too dang long, okay? According to Pete Buttigieg, 
right? He says if you believe in a, in, in pay for play, you know, pay, you, you how did he put it? Let's see here. I, if we believe in that so-called user pays principle, the idea of that, it should, shows a lot of promise to charge. And it's just a cent or two for each mile, DJ Potato Skins, because you know what? You using it, you you play and you ought to pay, right? Oh, well, apparently, you know, and I've been driving since I was 18. I kind of, I had friends that drove, so I just had to yeah. the easy way out. But yeah, um, I, I apparently owe a lot of money. Yeah, you owe a lot of money, right? Because I, evidently, you know, um, the state taxes, uh, local Local taxes, uh, federal taxes that are used for highway funds and infrastructure. Oh, the gas tax. How many times did we not just have? Uh, what was the Prop Six? I think it was that we we worked with Carl. That was Demi- misworded. That was misworded because you know they're jacking us constant. Every time we turn around in the state of California, people are like, "Why is it so much more expensive per gallon of gas in California? So much of it is taxes." And then the summer is coming up, and they have that summer blend, and that's going to shoot it through the roof. Right. I mean, and it's so much of it is gas tax. It's where we are already paying out the nose for our roads, our in uh, our highways. And well, our I love it now because now he's backtracking, saying, "Oh, that, that's not part of the plan." Right. But the idea that well, first of all, let me let me t- let me tell you something. We've already been paying. We pay out the hiney every time we turn around somewhere. We are being taxed literally to death in this country. And the idea, I am so incredibly insulted because, first of all, we know who this is going to hurt. Okay, it's not going to hurt the limousine liberals. That me and you. Yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt, especially the poor and the low income people. It's going to hurt the people like me when I first started out of college and I was a saleswoman hustling out there on very little salary, and I had to, and I had to, you know, I I was riding the road sometimes up to 150 miles a day out trying to make sales. At one point, I had a two state territory. I can't imagine if I was to pay pay per mile but you know what i was paying enough in other taxes that's what our taxes are supposed to be for this goes back to the argument of the role of government right the role of government is really only supposed to be infrastructure and to provide national security that's it that's really it okay and in fact we should have never gone along the lines of taxing us to pay for schools because that was all about trying to break down the family in the first place too instead of uh, you know instead of you know the moms teaching the kids at home which is really how you know read the little house in the prairie before we had schoolhouses it was the it was the parents teaching the kids right uh so it, it, you know uh, our entire tax system is about social engineering in the first place and that's partly what this is about Hey, this really, this a, Batman, didn't we break away from Britain for that exact same reason? Well, of course we did. But this is not only going to hurt. Why is this going to hurt the poor and low income people? Because they're the ones that can't afford. They have to drive farther because the homes are, are less expensive. Rents are less less expensive out farther away from the central economic hubs. Right. So what? And, and so this is going to crush them. This is going to kill the hard hats. This is going to kill the single moms. This is going to kill the kids coming out with that, you know, uh, starting out their careers. Right. This is going to kill the people that you supposedly think need $15 an hour to buy groceries at Vons. Man, and why are they wanting to break their backs? Because they want to move them into urban areas. This is about trying to control. This is about central planning. Let me take you back to the vaccine passport. Everything that the Democrat Party is about is about a centralized system of government controlling every aspect of your life. It's why Barack Obama said the gas prices had to, had to necessarily go up and hurt you, potato skins, because that was for climate change. And if they could put the hurt on you, 
then it would get you on board with what they were trying to do. Just like if they if they could put the hurt on you and how you not be able to buy toilet paper because you didn't want some some medicine injected in your arm. This is the way to hurt you into compliant. All of these stories are directly connected. Just do a little bit of research. It doesn't take much and you're going to find out that it's actually it's been their plan all along. Well, absolutely, because it's all about control. Every bit of it. And let me tell you, you know, uh, as much money as this, this trillions of dollars as this government brings in, let me tell you, it is your role to take that money and pay for roads. I, I don't, why, why am I paying? That's the government's job. It's not the government's job to take money for me and pay for somebody's sex change surgery, potato skins. No, no. Pay for the roads. It's not, it's not uh, the responsibility for you to take money for me to uh, feed people that are breaking and entering into our, com- uh, into our country. It, 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 it's not the role of the United States government. We could, how much could we have our roads and infrastructure built if we were not sending what, – what was the latest sent to, uh, to Palestine to, uh, over there? Uh, what, some ridiculous number. Some ridiculous amount of money. The $2 trillion supposed COVID, COVID relief bill, only 9% had anything to do with Americans and coronavirus, and so and a huge percentage of it was to foreign countries. And now I'm hearing another one's on the way. Another one's on the way. Now the infrastructure bill is $3 trillion. You, where is the where here? Where do you stop? They, they're not going to stop because as we're going to talk about uh, this week going forward, we're going to get back into the Great Reset because this is all about open borders, new world order, Great Reset uh, plan. It's all about climate change, uh, uh, centralized planning. Well, that's the guys anyway. Life. Yeah, well, well the, guys is, the guys is always about trying to protect somebody. You know, they're, they, sh- they took over your business. Took over your, if you're a property owner, took your property contract away from you and said, you know what? I don't care what you what you expect that that renter to pay every month to you. Uh, they get to stay there. We're gonna, we're going to cost them their job or not, and you know what? They get to live there rent free, even though you signed a contract. Uh, with this individual, um, everything that the, the the Democrat Party is doing is has nothing to do with what they pretend it is. This is not about schools. Aren't about teaching kids. This uh, the the COVID lockdowns and shutdowns and mandates aren't anything about uh, stopping a virus. It's this new tax plan, uh, supposedly that he's denying now the mileage plan or any of the tax plan is not about fighting anything or for any. It's all about power and control. And uh, I think my favorite tweet of the day as it came to this vaccine passport was Jack Posobiec. Uh, let me see how he said it here, because I want to treat him, uh, tweet him, uh, quote him correctly. You're going to love this because a lot of it goes back to this. He said, we don't need voter ID. We just need election passports. <laughs> right. Isn't that great? Isn't that clever? Love it. Right. Isn't that clever? We've been just calling it the wrong thing, Andrea. And we've been calling it the wrong thing. That's what that. And that's the way the Republican Party should be framing it. Uh, the Republican Party's caving. Uh, and, and ultimately, everything we we're talking about tax policy, we're talking about this vaccine passport. We're talking about all the these uh, centralized controls the Democrats trying to put over on us. Um and, and I have to remind myself that, that um, I basically, and, until something is done to stop the election fraud, that well, I, I'm, I'm basically yammering for no reason. Exactly. And I, mean, this, I was also texting you earlier today, and I, I keep waiting for the Republicans to get it through their heads. And I know Trump wants to revitalize the Republican Party, but I still see a third party as, as the only way to, to, to make America back to where it used to be. 
Well, I will tell you, though, that um, we had this gentleman, was it Drew Allen, first time on the show from last week in Texas, and he had the best response of anybody had against the third party, is that basically we are hanging off, he didn't say it like this, but we we are, we're at DEFCON 4, and the time for us, third party was the solution, and we squandered the opportunity, is basically what he said. Oh, I agree. Now we don't have time to do it. Now we're in scramble mode. If we were going to do it, it would have been Trump having to start that party, and he's not doing that. Actually, actually. Actually, I could take you back and argue that that when Ross Perot was able to siphon off as many votes as he did, oh, exactly. Um, that was that was that's when we should have said, you know what? There's opportunity here, and and I'm tired of people telling me, well, it doesn't matter now because I do think it's too late for a third party. But right. the argument that a Ross Perot was proof that you shouldn't have a third party. No, he was proof that we could make one stick. And quite frankly, if we want to consider the Great Reset, we were better off with Bill Clinton than we than we were with a second term of George Herbert Walker Bush, and. And, and if you doubt me on it, just go Google that video of W standing there with Bill Clinton, his, quote, brother Bubba and Barack Obama trying to convince you to take a vaccine. Let me tell you, George W. Bush would be so he's so far all over this vaccine passport and ain't even funny. He was the biggest that the Bush family did more damage to this country than I would say even Barack Obama because he gave us Barack Obama. Who was the what was the original sin there? And if you look back at his policies, there's almost no daylight between him and Barack Obama. So um, anyway, I'm going to we're going to take a break. We come back. We do have some breaking news coming out of uh, New York with Cuomo. He may be finally going skins because, you know, redneck red turtleneck sweaters in the game now. I don't know if you saw that presser today. (laughs) Come on back. We got more to talk about. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A-K, dynamite and address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrew K. Show as we close out the Monday show. We had a fun story to tell you guys tonight. We're going to work it out on tomorrow night's show because Skins and I like to have some laughs. Here's something funny, Skins, real quick. Just a headline on Babylon B. Um, you, you know, they're a parody site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they said Sesame Street has introduced a new character, Todd. And he's white and he gets blamed for everything. So that's where Todd went? Yeah. <laughs> I was not here today. Exactly. All right. Glad we could have a laugh because now I'm about to tell you guys yeah, something. Yeah. 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 Um, for those of you that actually bought into a lot of the QAnon stuff that said there were, that Hillary Clinton was going down, she was going to be arrested, um, Judicial Watch has reported today that the Supreme Court, uh, which includes uh, supposedly conservative majority Supreme Court with three Uh, Trump appointees refused to hear the case that Judicial Watch put before them. Judicial Watch filed under the Freedom of Information Act, brought a case against Hillary Clinton, a lower court. And and when you when you when under the Freedom of Information, I don't have time to get into all the details. Here's all you need to know. This lower court decided that Hillary Clinton did not have to testify in her own trial. Now, if you're tra- if if there's an investigation, a criminal investigation, Michael Flynn, you're not testify in the trial, but I mean, even give a statement. She to be deposed. Think about that. If you are under criminal prosecution or investigation, 
uh, you know, they, they're, they're, you, you are subject to being deposed. You're, you know, you can maybe sit there and plead the fifth. Yeah. If you're called to testify, you can plead the fifth. But if you refuse a subpoena and refuse to testify, you. you're, th- you're thrown in jail. Yeah. You're thrown in jail if you don't. So, but, but a lower, so a lower court decided to give her a pass. So they filed an appeal and the Supreme Court refused to hear the case. Hillary Clinton was never, ever going to be held responsible for anything. And this had to do with Benghazi. This had to do with her, her, her violations of the Espionage Act with her classified information. Remember, Christian Saucier went to jail for a year for six photos on a phone. He went to jail for a year for, for six photos on a phone. She didn't even have to testify. She didn't even have to come forward and answer any questions under subpoena. And that's why when people say, hey, Trump got a couple of surprises, I don't care anymore. When Trump what? Not got his 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 uh, nominations on the bench of the Supreme Court. It doesn't matter. It's worthless. We uh, forget the Supreme Court. And this is when going back to my interview with Wendy. This is why you know um, the people are really concerned. This case up in Minneapolis is about this country because if you've been paying attention, our Department of Justice and our court system isn't about the rule of law anymore. It's about the social justice warrior movement. But we're going to keep our eyes on it. And we'll be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out.